It's a bitch hunt. 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 We're back. Where we're back. Where were we though? Well, it seems like uh, there's one amongst us who maybe should tell the tale. So, I think he's talking pitch about hunt me. me. Will. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> now go ahead. Pitch Hunt Nation. When we last left off, there were three among us who were unmarried, and now, as we return to your earbuds or other speaking devices. There's only two of us who remain unmarried. And those two Wait. are Jacob and Luke. We're still single, boys. <laughs> That's not true. I'm still single, boys. And more importantly, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Luke is taken, but don't fret. Uh, yeah, Will got married. I, yeah, I, I, I did the, the deed of nuptials. And it was a beautiful, a beautiful day. I had my podcast hosts among me, and uh, we we <laughs> among you, yeah. Uh, we we just podcasted the whole day. It was great. Yeah, if you if you become uh, financial supporters, you can hear those lost episodes. Of yeah, which we, there are we many hours. We spent the whole day making bonus uh, content <laughs> for the pa- the Patreon. Uh, I should point out that we do not have a Patreon, so don't try to find us or give money to any imposters. That would be money poorly spent. And for that reason, Will's wife was even more upset. (laughs) Because we were recording all day, and we have no platform to post this content on. (laughs) Yeah, the whole time she was like, this is great, this is great, this is the best day of my life, I can't wait till this gets on the Patreon, and I was like... So yeah, that's why we've been uh, we've been on a hiatus. There's a lot yeah. of planning that goes into into making a wedding yeah, happen. Yeah, I was yeah. a real groomzilla, and I had to do a lot of stuff. Uh, and among that was not editing or recording this podcast for like five to six weeks. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a bit, hasn't it, lads? It feels like it's been a real long time. My podcasting muscles have atrophied somewhat, so I hope it's not like starting all over again, because the first few episodes, boy, those are rough. And uh, if you're listening and you're about to get married in the next few months, don't wait, I guess, because it turns out it's actually a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Planning a wedding. We'll on a... On a scale of 1 to 10, how much work do you think it was for the people involved? Oh, it was a lot of work. Uh, It was a a huge amount of work for my parents and my wife's parents, uh, who are now my parents-in-law. That's the the professional term for that. Oh, dang. Uh, you know, we did kind of a DIY type wedding, you know, we, we, we put together a lot of the stuff ourselves. And so it was, it was quite a bit of work. Yes. And, and especially getting all the content for the podcasting that we did the whole day. That was, that was tough because as you know, I like to prepare and, um, (laughs) you know, getting that all together for the big day was, it was a lot of work. You know what though, Will, you did a great job. Thank you. You got as married as anybody I've ever seen get married. And also, I mean, the podcasting is almost almost a side note. I mean, obviously it was important and arguably more important than the actual ceremony, but yeah. good day all around, yeah, I would good say. Day all around. Good day all around. So now you just have to give us each six thousand dollars and we'll and we'll give you those episodes to listen to. Yeah. No, that sounds about right. Is that right. how much yeah. your wedding cost will? Uh, no, I, uh, I just came up with that number off the dome. It seems that seems, seems really fair like, to me. It seems like a fair fair price for a piece I'm of history. Sure, 
Right. So the wedding cost about $6,000. Luke's flight to Minneapolis <laughs> cost about $600. And then my uh, gas costs for driving up, picking Luke up at the airport in Minneapolis, and then driving out to the unspecified location where the wedding was held also cost about $6,000. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's fair. Uh, email us at our uh, pitch hunt emails, and we'll let you know how you can get that money yeah, to us. Yeah. Um, and speaking yeah. of budgets, <laughs> you know, Ooh. this week's episode, we're pitching micro-budget films. So these are we're talking movies that are shot for under $6,000. I was going to say, I think we should set that as the official limit. Yeah. We have to tabulate because... every single dollar in our pitches. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll... I'll... I got a numbers brain, so I'll I'll keep I'll keep a running tab on each one of our uh, each one of our pitches and and report in at the end. Yeah, to that's see if good because I can't count. Achieve. Yeah, just make sure yeah. make sure that as you're doing that, you don't you don't forget to to move move the zero. What was that thing? Again? I, it's been so long. It's been too long. I don't remember what it was. So I guess we'll just have to let that go. Okay, it's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Which one of us is going first? Uh, since we're all jumping at the opportunity, I'll, I'll go first. Yay! Woo. All right. So as I was telling Luke, maybe before you got on, Will, this is one of those classic movie ideas that came to me while I was uh, falling asleep. Oh yeah, classic. It's a little. It's a little exercise that I do sometimes. Sleeping. Is a sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might want to try it sometime. It's uh, a lot of benefits to it. But anyway, I was falling asleep and I came up with this movie, this pitch for uh, my micro-budget film. This is a few days ago. And as I was falling asleep, like the, I think the thing that sent me over into the realm of slumber was the fact that I had come up with just a really, like, truly excellent pitch idea. Um, then I woke up the next morning in like a slight panic. And I was like, I came up with this great idea last night. Um, but I like only mostly remember it. And so I wrote down <laughs> three sentences of, and it, it really, the three sentences pretty much encompassed the idea that I came up with. Thought that it was great. Turns out, uh, well, I guess you will be the judge of that. <laughs> turns out, great it, turns it out it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I would never pitch an idea that I thought was terrible. But yeah, you pitched some ideas that we thought were pitches. terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's a that's a potato potato kind of situation. Just the last well, we've episode, got very high no standards. Well, you don't know that because you don't remember <laughs> what it was. I had to remind yeah. you what I had pitched. But you reminded so me let's that say I hated. That's fair. I did. I did remind you of that. So that's fair. But this is going to be a totally different situation because you guys are you guys are going to dig this. All right. So here's here's the here's the pitch. Uh, there's a real, there's a real jerk of a guy. Oh no! All right. Yeah. He lives in a a medium sized city. Okay. I would say not even a city, more like a large town. All right, good, because it's really expensive to film in big cities. Exactly. Yeah. No, we we don't have skyscraper dollars. We got like uh, maybe a clock tower dollars at best. <laughs> probably be like covert guerrilla style filmmaking to make most of this just to keep those production costs nice. low yeah um and so for that reason yeah it can be any town really in the united states uh probably most of central or south america uh definitely africa maybe eastern europe southeast asia or oceania okay all right uh so yeah Film scouts, those are the locations that you might want to look you into. You should film this whole thing in front of a green screen. <laughs> I I just don't know about that, though. That can be expensive, too. you got to get your CGI artists. <laughs> right. I, I think the, the results would be a lot worse on an under $6,000 budget than just trying to find a place where you could film it. Although, uh, a, but a suit with ping pong balls can be made pretty cheaply. Yeah, but I feel like that's not the biggest cost involved with making a green screen movie. I could be wrong you about are. that. 
Okay. Well, we'll we'll agree that I'm wrong about that. Uh, but anyway, that's a very unimportant part of this pitch. The important part is that we got this guy, and he's an asshole. He's a real chode. Um, he works. Uh, he works at an insurance company. He's middle management. Uh, you know, just the kind of guy. Whenever you see him come around, you're like, you know what? I'm not real happy about the fact that this guy's coming around. I don't. I'm not happy to see him. Uh, you may even have a visceral reaction in your gut when you see him walk by. But is that only because you associate him with, you know, breaking your car or whatever? No, I mean, no, no. It's it's not just that. He's the you know he's the kind of guy that would uh, you know walk up behind you and give you a kick in the nads. Oh man, so like a real sociopath, uh, like a child, <laughs> like a like a completely undeveloped person. No, no. This is a this is a grown man. Okay. Uh, this is not a child. Uh, Do you have but, an actor picked out for this guy? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's gonna be. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh yeah, he Man. looks like. All a... right, your budget's already through the roof now. <laughs> You're right. No, it can't be him. Uh, remember that one YouTube video? Uh, uh, the Numa Numa guy. It's like no. Although he would be uh, nobody could nobody could believe he'd play an asshole. Though that guy looks so friendly. What about James McAvoy? Again, his his cost might be even higher than Tom Hiddleston at this point. He's in everything these days. But then again, maybe he's in everything because he just does acting work pro bono. What about a guy who just kind of looks a lot like James McAvoy? Uh, I would consider a guy who looks like James McAvoy, but like uh, maybe has like thicker eyebrows. Hmm. So like a, like, a, like a doppelganger of the offspring of James McAvoy and, and Eugene Levy. Uh, yeah, Why not just Eugene, yeah. Eugene Levy. You know, he gets you know, typecast as these lovable guys, but he could, he could be great in a turn as a villain. Will, will, will the town that they're be from, will it be Shit's Creek, perchance? <laughs> it'll, be called, it'll be called Shit's Creek. We're going to cast everybody who's in Shit's Creek. So we got uh, Eugene Levy, his son. Yeah, the Levies just come as a pair. I think they, they... Actually, you know, I think that David Levy might be a better pick for this this character. So I'm going to go with him. But, but make his eyebrows bushier. His eyebrows are already like decently bushy. Yeah, he got he half probably, the bush. He probably <laughs> his mom has alopecia. <laughs> that's that's that's. <laughs> we shouldn't poke fun. Uh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure his mom has a great bush too. <laughs> is his name Daniel Levy? By the way. Yeah, I think it, it's like Dave or Dan or it's. Well, it's, his character's name is David. Oh yeah, no, so you're right. Thinking, I think it is Daniel because I remember being like, "Oh, two like two D names." It's which is very confusing to me because as a child, I had friends that were named Daniel and David, who were neighbors and very close friends of mine when I was very young. So I always get those two mixed up. Anyway, they're good. They're good biblical names. Good biblical names. This is a good bi- biblical movie. Okay, but this um, is not a good biblical so, man. This is not a good biblical man. This is the kind of biblical man where, you know, there'd be a story about how, I mean, I am pitching basically a bad Bible story or a Bible story that tells you not to be a bad person, Um, but with a modern twist. So Daniel Levy works at an insurance company. He's a real, he's a real chode. He, uh, like I said, goes around kicking people in the, kicking people in the balls or the, or the vagina or... You know, just generally kicking people a lot. Like, that's one of his main things that he does that identifies him as a bad person. So that you as an audience member can immediately see that this is, you know, <laughs> going to be the antagonist of the film. Yeah, yeah. We don't so think we'll just... that you're a simpleton. <laughs> we think very highly of Pitch Hunt Nation. <laughs> well, will the film just open with a montage of him kicking people? Yes, Definitely. It'll well at first you'll not know who it is kicking people because it'll just be like a shot from behind of his butt and he's just like walking around and then they'll it'll switch to a like a GoPro on his knee and then him kicking somebody <laughs> in the in the groin. Um, so you'd be like, wow, whoever this person is, they're a real jerk. And then there'll be like a, a couple scenes in the insurance company where you see Daniel Levy, but you don't know immediately that he's the same guy who's going around kicking people. 
but then there'll be like this dramatic reveal where like he's walking into a, a, a meeting and then he like kicks somebody in the groin. You're like, oh, this is the this is the kicker. This is the groin. That's kicker. one of your better twists. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm just getting started. Truly, I'm just getting started. I've I've presented like one idea so far. <laughs> Please get going. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to get going. Uh, so. Basically, it transpires that uh, Dan's out. He's out drinking uh, one night after a tough day in the in the insurance office, and there's one there's one guy, a real tryhard guy, who is like always sucking up to him, and so he's out drinking with him. And uh, this guy and and Dan are talking. They're both kind of assholes. Dan's the bigger asshole, of course. Um, and the the underling says he. You know, they've gotten pretty drunk, and they get to a point where the underling's like, ah, I gotta tell you the secret, man. I gotta tell you a secret. And Dana's like, all right, what's the secret? And the guy's like, ah, I was walking around in the woods outside of town the other day, and I found what I believe to be a mystical wishing well. Oh, my Whoa. God. Yeah. That's super cool. And Daniel's like, a wishing well, eh? And the guy's like, yeah, it's a, it's a wishing well, all right. Uh, and so then he they can, start talking. He can wish for unlimited nads to kick. He could. Yes, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, but that's the conversation that they then have. Uh, so Dan's like, you know, I, what, would you, what would you do if you had any wish at the wishing well? And those guys like, I, I would wish to have a superpower. I won't be a superhero. And then they they get down the rabbit hole of of the the best superpower to have, and one of the classic superpower debates is whether it's better to uh, be able to fly or have to a really stretchy be, neck, or have a really stretchy neck, or to be invisible. Ah, yes. And the coworkers like, ah, I, I wanna, I'm, I am a big believer in metaphors, and like, I wanna soar <laughs> up in my, in my insurance career, so I'd like to fly. And Daniel Levy's like, ah, I'm a scumbag. Like, I just want to sneak around nice. and uh, be able to do some stuff. I want to be able to like peep on people while they're in the shower and like oh. sneak into the bank and take oh. money away and stuff. So I'd be invisible. Um, and so they get all worked up into a lather about this idea. Um, and then it is, it is time for last call. So they have one last drink and they're, they're about to head home. And then Daniel's Daniel Levy, main character, ball kicker guys like, you know what? I would give you $100 if you would show me where this wishing well was. A hundred dollars. That's exactly what the underling guy says. He's like, I'm an underling. I don't make much money. $100 sounds great. Keep in mind that by showing $100 in your film, that's going to up your budget. It'll be a fake $100 bill. And that'll actually be a plot twist, is that Eugene or Daniel Levy carries around Monopoly money in his wallet. And so he passes it off to this underling guy. Because remember, he, Daniel Levy's a real big asshole in this movie. And they're both pretty drunk. And so he's like, all right, here's your crispy $1,100 bill. And <laughs> other drunk guy's like, wow, I've never seen this much money in my life. I'm an intern. <laughs> um, <laughs> so off they go into the woods. And uh, Daniel Levy, they, they stumble upon this well. And Daniel Levy is like, ah, dang, yo, dang. It's a well. It's a wishing well. And so... Uh, uh, intern, intern guy gets cold feet at this point, and so decides to take off. And he's like, "Ah, this is some black magic shit. Like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get involved in this." He this knows it's a wishing news, well, man. but he's not tried it. Yeah, how does he know? Because <laughs> it says "wishing well" on the top. Are there instructions listed? <laughs> yeah, it's like toss some money in, and whatever your greatest wish is, it will come true. But it's written in like some obscure language that only um, the intern knows it's... <laughs> that only the intern knows yeah this it's intern is intern. <laughs> <laughs> this intern is a time traveler from ancient Greece and it's written in, in ancient Greek uh, no we're not going to do that that's too complicated 
Uh, you could just you could just tell when something's a magical wishing well, you know. It's just it has this look to it. It has this look to it. It's got a mystical glow. It's got this aura, but it's like way deep in the forest, so it's plausible that people wouldn't stumble on it all the time. Um. So Daniel Levy, being the the asshole and cheapskate that he is, he tosses some Monopoly money in. He's <laughs> like, I wish I would be invisible. And then immediately passes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, the next morning he wakes up. There's some, some light filtering through the, the thick trees. Uh, and Daniel Levy wakes up and doesn't notice that anything's different. So he's like, ah, this is a slam. It was all a scam. And he stumbles his way out of the woods and uh, back into town. And he uh, goes across a, a street and there's a car coming and this dude's a bad dude so he jaywalks all the time oh. and he's used to cars stopping for him but this time while he's jaywalking the car just keeps on going oh, no. wait is he naked? <laughs> <laughs> no he's wearing the same clothes he was the night before um, <laughs> what do you mean is he I naked? I mean why can't they see his clothes? It's because that's the nature of the, the wish that he's asked for, that he'd be invisible. I mean, there's lots of different ways that a person can be invisible. You can be invisible only with your clothes off, or anything that you wear turns invisible as well. Okay. And It checks. It, it, it checks, and in Daniel Levy's mind, boom, he's invisible, because this, this car didn't see him. Um, so he's walking, walking down the street, and uh, you know, he'll go up to people and be like, Bah! <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, what was that strange noise? Wait, so I, Very I have a question for you, a technical question. Can he Go see ahead. himself, and also can the audience see him? Yes, okay. and yes. Because invisibility, again, we're doing those green screens here, and making a person invisible is, as far as I know, impossible in real life. So I don't think we could pull that off. Uh but yeah, he's going up to these people, and they just straight up aren't seeing him. He goes up and kicks somebody in a groin, and normally now people are, are used to, you know, they know him as the groin kicker, so whenever he comes up with, with kicking intent in mind, like in his eye, people will just generally scatter and get out of the way. But this time he goes up to somebody, and he kicks him in the groin, and right <laughs> up until the moment when his foot contacts their groin, there is no reaction from them whatsoever. And then they get kicked in the grind, and they're like, "Ah!" <laughs> and that's oh, my yeah, groin got kicked itself. <laughs> I I thought it was Daniel Levy's fault this whole time, but it turns out it's my groin's fault. I owe this man an apology. Well, I'm hiring you to write the write the dialogue for this movie yeah, that because was that was perfect. Really good. That's exactly what I imagined. Wow. happening next. So Dan, it's a it's like a Thursday. And it's morning time, so he's like, ah, dang, yo. Like, I should probably be going into work. Because for all of his flaws, he is a very committed insurance, middle management insurance man. Um, and then he's like, well, hmm, if I'm invisible, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. But he decides to go in anyway. And he walks in the front door, and there's a person at the desk up front, and they don't acknowledge him whatsoever walks in nobody is acknowledging him and he's just starting to skate through things and he's starting to suspect i mean he already started to suspect this but he's starting to suspect that this wish has come true <laughs> and that he's invisible and he has you know he has one of those classic moments of realization and you know the the sort of freedom that comes with something like that happening and so he he goes ahead and skips on out of the office and goes home and starts planning oh, yeah. some of his escapades. So he plans for a little while, um, and he realizes the horn dog as he as that he is. The first thing he's gonna do is he's got a neighbor who's very beautiful, uh, and so he's gonna go go just like straight up perv and creep oh, on her. Oh no! And so he up Daniel, and does it. This yeah. guy's really he's gross. A, He's really gross. He's a chode. I mean, I've used that term three times I mean, now. He's but worse like, than that. He's he's 
He's a, no, he's awful. He's a sociopath. He's a fucking sexual predator. He's all those things. He's he's an evil man. This guy's evil. He's he's an evil man. He's evil. There, I said it. So he does that. Uh, is very pleased with himself, and then he's like, you know what? That was great, but I I gotta go on to bigger, better things. And he's like, you know, working as in middle ins- middle management in an insurance company. Pays the bills, but you know it really pays the bills. Bank robbing. Bank robbing. Oh, nice. And so he's like, all right, it's heist o'clock. So he goes into the bank and is is undetected. Nobody nobody acknowledges that he's there. Nobody senses that he's there or anything. And he, you know, he decides he's gonna take the first day to figure out a way to get into the vault because, you know, it's it's not like he can't walk through doors or anything. He's just, he's not, like, incorporeal. He's hes just, like, he's physically there, but but he can't be Can seen. he hold things uh, and make them invisible, too? Like, if he grabs a duffel bag full of money. It's true. I mean, if his, yeah. if gra- his clothes are getting invisible by association with him. Yeah, so you know what? He tries that. He tries that out because he has that same thought. So the first day, he just goes and he, like, takes notes on mental notes on like when they open the vault and like when doors and open and stuff so that he'll know like when to quick slip back behind the counter and then into the vault and stuff and then the second day he starts thinking practical so he brings the duffel bag in and he figures that if that was visible you know somebody would probably freak out about the fact that a floating duffel bag just came through the door but it doesn't happen so it's like yoinks man this is gonna be so much easier than i thought than I ever hoped. I got it made. I'm gonna get this dough. I'm gonna, you know, move off to some fancy place, which will be determined by where this is filmed. <laughs> Again, you have a list of the continents and subcontinents where this is could be filmed. So, like, think a fancy part of one of those countries or places. And he's like, "All right, this is this is great. This is uh, this is gonna happen." So he sets the next day. He decides, "Yeah, I'm just he's just gonna up and do it." It's, it's going to happen sooner or later. He's uh, among his many flaws and his evil nature is that he's very impatient. So he just decides he's going to up and do it. Um, so the next day comes, he wakes up bright and early. He waits for the first employee to go into the bank, slips right in behind them. He's got all his gear and waits around until they open the vault, slips into the vault and he starts packing those bags full of money. And as he's packing those bags full of money, and this is after the person had had gone, you know, the the person who had opened the vault had left. He slipped right in, so he was alone in the vault, and they wouldn't notice that, like, you know, obviously the money would eventually go missing. Like, when he touched touched it, he's figured out that it would turn invisible, but they would, like, notice that the money was disappearing. You know what I'm saying? He's thought thought it through at least that much. And again, this is Monopoly money that you're using. Shit, <laughs> it's uh, it's gold bars, but they're not. They're just. It's just Kit Kats that you spray paint gold. Some of them are Kit Kats spray painted gold. It's just some Legos. of them are, are bricks. Actually, Legos like are actual, actual like bricks or cinder they're blocks. They're all different shapes and gold. dimensions. They're all. This is like a special gold bank, <laughs> where the, it's like a reserve bank or something. <laughs> So yeah, they're not showing actual money, but you, you get the idea that he's still in valuable stuff. So you know, again, he's contemplating what he's going to do next after this money. He's you know, you can hear his thoughts, and he's like, ah, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go, uh, I guess, give somebody the money to spend for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's having this thought while he's doing this. He's like, he's spending this. Actually, spending this money is going to be difficult because I'm invisible now. So he's gonna. He's like, I'm gonna have to find an accomplice to like buy stuff for me, so that I have all this stuff. Because just like stealing stuff, which I could do, I would get, uh, you know, I would get, I would get tricky after a while, and I have to plan all these yeah. heists. And I'm an impatient. And man. you can't pay too many cast members, so I'm assuming you have to bring back the intern. <laughs> yes, definitely the intern. The intern would would is is he's like, you know what, you know who I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose the intern. Um, but anyway, he finishes packing up his bags. Uh, waits for the, you know, he knows when the vault will be open next, and when that happens, he slips on out. And as he slips out into the bank, there's a full SWAT team waiting for him. Oh my god. 
That was a dramatic pause and also a pause for me to drink some water. What has happened is, well, I'm not going to just come out and say it. He's so he like tries to sneak past the SWAT team. He's like, you know, big deal. It's probably just a coincidence that the SWAT team is here. (laughs) So he tries to sneak past them. And right away, one of the SWAT team members grabs his arm and then they just swarm him and cuff him. Do they have infrared goggles on? Well, here's the deal. Remember how I said at the beginning of this that this is like kind of a Bible-like fable? Yeah, yeah. And this is about somebody learning a lesson? Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out that the folks of this town had all come together and (sighs) made a plot. And their plot was, we got to get this asshole out of our town somehow, and we know he won't go easy. (laughs) We know he's just a mild-mannered, not very mild-mannered, but he's just a, a middle... <laughs> he's just a middle... Wait a minute, wait a minute, minute Jacob. Insurance oh, company. This is the yeah. second movie you've pitched about a town <laughs> <laughs> making a gigantic pact <laughs> to teach someone else a lesson. <laughs> I'm choosing to ignore what you just said, Luke, and continue continue explaining what happened. I'm totally feeling it. I'm feeling it too. Everybody, everybody, it's a weird everybody niche. Just, everybody decided that they, they were going to get this, is this guy. Is this an Amish community, Jacob? It's <laughs> not an Amish community. <laughs> what what need would there be for middle management and insurance agencies in an Amish country? And he, I said that he was going to be hit by a car. So no, this is not this is not Amish. There's no Amish people living in this town. It's a very racist or not racist, but they're anti-Amish. It's a quick There's fix, a lot... Jacob. You just have what? to change car to buggy. And no. It... Okay. No. No, the Amish don't have SWAT teams. You know what? I'm just going to stop talking about the Amish because I feel like bad things happen when I start going on about the Amish. (laughs) Which, again, I have no problem with. No problem with the Amish. This is not an anti-Amish. I'm not an anti-Amish person. This is not an anti-Amish podcast. What had happened was everybody just decided they had enough of this guy. So they were going to get this unassuming intern to trick him into thinking that he had turned invisible so that they could catch him on camera. Committing all sorts of crimes and eventually sent him away to prison. And that's exactly what they did. Props to that guy who just had the ice in his veins and could get kicked full force in the balls without (laughs) flinching at all. They actually, they hired a blind person to do that. Again, this 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 town is is terrible. They're full of assholes, but it only goes to show how much of an asshole Daniel Levy's character is. Also, what the, I mean... They just let this guy spy on his neighbor? What the fuck? The, the exact... They they flash back to that moment where they had to convince the neighbor, and the exact line that they use is that the greatest sacrifices require the strongest wills. And she was so moved by that that she decided that it, she would take one for the team and be spied on. Because he already spied on her. He was this creepy perv, so she was just like, I'm very confident in my body. And like if, if if he tries to pull anything, this is all off. But if he's just if he's just looking as disgusting and and wrong as that is, it's for the greater good. And it is for the greater good because he is uh, locked up for the rest of his life, and the whole town lives assholily ever after. Still a bunch of assholes, but without the biggest <laughs> asshole. <Wow. laughs> the end. <laughs> That was. I mean, I can't think of a more perfect film to be a micro-budget film. I can't. I can't. Thank either. you. You know, it was really good. Well, I apparently, I apparently have left a, a monumental task for you guys then, because you still got a pitch. Yeah. I'll... Well, first, wait, wait, wait. Uh, lest we forgot how this podcast works, we we ship this right. I, I mean, I, I know I do. That's up to that's up to you guys. I didn't want to be presumptuous and say that. Yeah, Luke? we can afford one single stamp. <laughs> I think that's fair. They're what, like 47 cents now? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably varies depending on how much it weighs and, uh, you know, 
how well, far we're on, shipping it. Based on the calculations that I made, that I promised I'd be making, my film cost $5,999.53 <laughs> uh, to make. So if stamps are 47 cents, we can ship it. If not, that's a real bummer. I might have All to right. hand deliver it. I guess I'll go next. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so my film is a little bit more focused on the low budget aspect, just technically. Ah. Interesting. Um, okay. So it starts with a couple. Um, they're having their first ever sexy FaceTime chat. Ah. Ooh, I like it. They've been apart That's for three great months. Great way to great way to draw the audience in immediately yeah because who doesn't like sexiness you know asexual people but that's about it that's true like puritans puritanical like ultra you know conservative religious types yeah there are probably a lot of people who won't want to see this (laughs) (laughs) you bring up a good point the important important thing is we all do way to speak for the masses jacob Uh, but this couple right how am i speaking for the masses they've been apart for three months at this point they're trying to do the long-distance relationship thing, um, and they're trying this sexy FaceTime chat just to keep things a bit spicy, you know? Keep the sure. romance kindling. Sure. Been there. And you can tell just how they're interacting that they're clearly in love. Um, that being said, this FaceTime call is, it, is not working well. Is it because... Okay. Oh, like, at all. Dang. It's just... It's not really sexy... Um, I wrote a note to myself that I should brainstorm unsexy things that they could be saying to each other as they're trying to seduce each other, and I didn't write anything maybe, down. <laughs> maybe they just both ate like a lot of peanut butter right before they came on, so like all their words are kind of sluggish. Maybe uh, there's like those those stickers or filters on the snap. It's wait, we're doing FaceTime, right? Yeah. But like, say. In FaceTime, you can have stickers. Sure, And, sure. like, the, the the lad accidentally, like, puts a mustache on his dong, and it's just ridiculous, you know? <laughs> Wait, is there going to be... Do- be... Is this going to be, like, erotic thriller micro-budget? No. Okay, I was going to ask if you could tell that they were very in love by the fact that he had a massive erection, like, immediately upon logging on. You can. It, the camera never focuses down there, but it will just be coming up from off screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you shout out a couple of bucks for the sound effect? Yeah, I think you can get a vibra slap for less than $15. <laughs> All right. It, it, the whole thing is just kind of awkward. Sure. And they end that first call by just sort of agreeing that this isn't really working. Um, but they say, I love you, and good night. And then they kind of sweetly hang up. Oh. So this whole f- movie is going to be told through FaceTime calls between ah. these characters. Oh. In the very next call, we get the lady. Her name is Shay. She's played by Kate McKinnon. Nice. She approaches Derek, who's played by Michael B. Jordan. And she... Mm. Oh, dang, we get to see his dong? Yeah, but only, like, from from the bottom of the screen up. Just the tip? Okay, sure. I got it. And um, she asks him a, a question that she's a little bit scared to ask, and it's, would you be willing to have an open relationship? Ooh. Mm. Tough conversation. And he's kind of taken aback, because he's very devoted to Shay, but... 
He has left her for four years to go to med school in a different state. And she had to stay back home because her mom is very sick and she's her mom's main caretaker. Mm. So they're just going to be apart for good portions of their lives for the next four years. And he understands that, you know, she's aching for some actual lovemaking. And he he is too. He doesn't want to just go four years and have sex on like school breaks, you know? Yeah, no, that's understandable. I, I sympathize. So she loves him too. She doesn't want to break up. Nothing like that. She just wants some actual physical contact. And he reluctantly agrees. He says, okay, let's, let's try it. Oh boy, things are about to get complicated. Next call. <laughs> things do get complicated, <laughs> but they try to make it less oh, complicated no. for each other. They lay down some ground rules for how this is going to work. I was hoping <laughs> the, two, the two of you could help me come up with ground rules that made sense. Every they have time, to be yeah. FaceTiming anytime they're with someone else. Exa- that's exactly the, what I was going to say. For the benefit of the audience. <laughs> yep, for the benefit of the audience and also for the benefit of each other's. They will be looking each other in the eyes while they're having <laughs> sex with other people. And they have to agree to times when both of them can have a, a partner on so that they'll both be having sex with somebody else at the same time. So it's almost like they're having sex with each other, but it's with other people. Yeah. Those are really good ground rules. I was thinking more along cool. the lines of like they just need to communicate when that when something's happened. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be and a like, great way for them to communicate use, when something use happens. Protection, that kind of thing. And communicate while something is happening. Yeah. Their well, safe word good. is turnip. Is That's that, a good one. Is that a ground rule? Yeah. We'll throw that yeah. in. Okay. Uh no more than two sexual partners concurrently. I mean, why put limits on it? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so they agree. They're going to communicate. They're going to give it a try. For the next few FaceTimes, the only updates come from Shay. Oh. She's had a few mm. sexual partners. Derek has not. Mm. And he's like a little bit uneasy about it. He's a little self-conscious because he is kind of trying, but also not trying that hard. And um, she's clearly enjoying it, but she also recognizes that he's getting like a little bit bothered by the whole situation. Sure. And not hot and? Well, he's hot, a little bit hot and bothered because they're FaceTiming while she's having sex. Right. Sure, 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 sure. But. <clears throat> but like heavier on the bothered than the hot. Heavier on the bothered. Yeah. Gotcha. But then... Eventually, Derek has an update, and it's that he has had a fling with someone. But the thing is, Derek starts having a repeated fling with the same person. Uh. And now their discussions become about, is he falling in love with this person? Does he still love her? Should they be doing this at all? It gets sticky, you know? Yeah. More than one way, man. Yeah, in in two ways, really. <laughs> two main ways. Well, are they also eating peanut butter before every FaceTime call? Oh, I thought that was the second way. way. Yeah, what's the third way, Jacob? The bodily fluids. I'm not following. Uh... Sometimes bodily fluids are sticky. Hmm. Also, peanut butter is sticky. Also, the situation itself is, in a more abstract sense, sticky. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Do you disagree with any of those? Hmm. <laughs> Man, uh, I, didn't, I really didn't think that that would, uh, pun intended, be a sticking point. Do they also, are they smoking super dank weed that's like <laughs> it's getting sticky? Super, icky. super sticky. Only constantly. <laughs> Are they also in old movie theaters where the floor is covered with pop and old Yeah, film? one of their ground rules was that they could only have sex on the floor of old movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we're now up to five ways that the situation is getting sticky. I don't know. As previously established, I can't count. <laughs> okay, so, fair enough. Fair enough. 
I would hope that you'd trust me on that because I'm also calculating your budget, but whatever, man. Go on. Um, so we get to an ultimatum that Shay has to lay down, which is you pick this person who you're seeing more and more and seem to be developing feelings for, or you choose me. We try to keep making this long-distance relationship thing work. And he says he's going to choose her. Okay. Kate McKinnon? Kate McKinnon. And we have a, right. a partial fade to black moment. Credits start Boy. to roll. But then. Oh. But then. Oh. We hear the FaceTime dial chime start up. Oh. Oh, it's spooky. Derek's face is there in the corner waiting for someone to load up. Duh. And it's oh. the other woman. Oh. So we end on this kind what? of. The sad what? note that he has lied to what? his beloved partner and is trying to keep things going with his newfound love. Wow. That makes me very sad. I was really rooting for the two of them to make it, and now I'm heartbroken. Your budget just went over $6,000 because of all of the, the Kleenexes that I'm going to have yeah. to buy. Dude, I am charging that to you for sure. Crying Luke. long, salty tears. There's also going to the be conclusion a really of this. intense Kleenex budget for the set because of all the <laughs> sticky situations. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as your budgeter, I could recommend that you maybe get off-brand uh, tissues, not actual Kleenex brand. You could probably like swing by, maybe not a Sam's Club or Costco unless you already have a membership there, because that would add to your costs. Yeah, just a, you could call, also a like sell some of that stickiness off as glue, which will add to your budget. That's a really good idea, and it's not that gross. <laughs> that was actually <laughs> that was actually something that I was going to bring up earlier. A way to like really bring the budget down is to find a way to make money while the movie is being shot, which would then you know you'd be able to subtract that from the money that you had spent in order to keep you under six thousand dollars. I mean, it's kind of might be a little bit too late in the game to to throw that little wrinkle in there. Do you think I'm really in any trouble in the budget department? You're at at $5,861. So that's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. They each needed $2,900, which puts you at $5,800 just there. The tissues, probably at least another $100 or so. The peanut butter. I mean, it's going to be a squeaker, man. Well, do, can I afford the stamp? <laughs> you can afford the stamp. I, I think you can still I afford ship the, the hell stamp. out of that. That that really had me uh, at the edge of my seat, wondering how it was going to conclude. It did, too, and I thought that I was really happy with the ending, and then the surprise ending happened, and I was pretty devastated by it. But at the same time, it was a pitch that... It brought up multiple emotions, so for that alone, it should be shippable. But it was, that was, that was great. Sad, but great. I ship it. Please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast. We'd really love it. It would mean a lot if they give us a shot. It don't take a lot of thought to listen to our podcast. We're just talking. And sometimes there's songs. All right, Willie. All right, it's it's Willie's turn. So while Luke played with the micro-budget concept in terms of how the film is shot, I think I'm going to uh, play with the micro-budget concept in terms of the set piece. I'm going to create sort of a nice. bottle episode, by nice. which I mean there's going to be only two characters, and they're going to be... It's going to all be shot in the same room the entire time. I love it. So we have our two characters, and they are in the same room (laughs) as one another. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. And this room is... Is it an escape room? (laughs) This room is a taco oasis. (laughs) I think Dang. most of our listeners won't be familiar with Taco Oasis. Yeah, I think that that might be a... I'm not sure it's a franchise as much as it's just a one-off Northfield thing. So is it in the Taco Oasis? Because we be do in, have... 
It'll be in the taco oasis. That's right. We have a small building. (laughs) It's a super small building, but the thing is, I I I, I'm not sure if she still works there, but for a long time, our our former gym teacher worked there at least during the summers. So we could probably convince her to let us film. Yeah, little to no cost. Who was it, Mrs. B H? Yeah, I think Mrs. B H. You mean H D? Mrs. BH was someone else. I think <laughs> Who's Mrs. BH. I think that was a uh, that was a uh, kindergarten teacher. Wait, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. HD. Uh, I don't remember her at all. Mrs. HD. She like was like high def. She... Yeah, Mrs. High Def. Yeah, except we can't oh, afford wait, her. Mrs. We're gonna actually go with a Mrs. SD for this one. <laughs> Standard definition. <laughs> She was like the she was the gym teacher that we sometimes had when Miss Wojcik wasn't around, but she was also like there during middle school. I think I'm I'm not sure. Was it, oh, I'm remembering her now. Was her actual name Harley Davidson? Like her last name? It was it was Harry <laughs> Davidson, I think. <laughs> but everyone called her Harley Davidson. Uh, wow. She's anyway. not going to be in the movie, but she will. We will have to probably wrangle with her a little bit so that she'll vacate the premise. <laughs> Premises, premises. Yeah, but she'll yeah, also va- she'll also vacate the premise in that I'm not going to talk about her anymore for the rest <laughs> of the episode. All right, I hope you stick so, to that. Um, two workers making tacos all all day, and Whoa. then <laughs> okay, and then <laughs> and then a plot happens. So I'm in. Um, one of the workers keeps on answering their phone and speaking cryptically into the phone, being like, the marble is on the move. That's super cryptic. The what? The marble? The marble is on the move. And then the other guy is like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? But, like, they don't actually have, like, a very good relationship, so he's, like, not going to actually make a comment on it. But like he 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 like cannot ignore this fact that every like fifteen minutes he's answering his phone and being like, "The marble is on the move." Is is it that phrase every time? Yeah, he just says that and then he and then he hangs up. Okay. So so you you're saying that the the coworker doesn't actually say anything to him, but like he's got this quizzical look on his face. Yeah. Okay, because that's gonna finding an actor that can pull off a quizzical look. It's gonna take some money. Uh, it might take some money. Who's yeah. that guy with the eyebrows? <laughs> Eugene Levy. No, he's got like super arched eyebrows, and they're they're more thin. They're not Count bushy. Chocula. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure you're thinking of Count Chocula, Luke. <laughs> yeah, can you get him? <laughs> I don't know if I can afford Count Chocula. Yeah, that'd probably be a. You'd have to get into negotiations with General Mills and stuff. Although, if we're talking about ways to get paid, you're holding that up right over the splotch on my screen of blackness. So, oh, yeah, that guy. I I can't see this person. Hold on. It's it's the kid. He's the guy, guy with the eyebrows. Oh the, the yeah, kid, that guy the kid has killer eyebrows. eyebrows. I'm gonna oh, find out his name. Our audience will never you. know. Do you want me to find out his name or no? Uh, well, presumably Luke already knows because he got a picture of this guy. I, I just Googled <laughs> guy with eyebrows. He was the first result. <laughs> Amazing. All right, I have his name. What's his name, Jacob? His name is Will Poulter. Oh, Will Poulter. He's yeah. in something. He's in lots of things. He's a real hot commodity recently, which might make... Isn't he? Like, wasn't he kind of like a a dystopian teen heartthrob at one point? Yeah, in the Maze Runner. Maze Runner. Yeah, that man. That guy. He does was have also. Good he was also in Midsummer. Well. Ah, ah, that's where I'm thinking about. Yeah. He was the vape, the vape and douche in Midsummer. He was the vape and douche in Midsummer. Yep. Terrific film. Terrific film. My God. Well, it was it was good, but so it, I would say that it was terrific. Um, Definitely not for the faint of heart and very unpleasant, but terrific. Anyway, so anyway, we we burn a good like 
tense 45 on this guy just like wondering about about the marble being on the move and then uh and then finally uh will poulter is like i just gotta ask i just gotta ask a lot of this is like his internal struggle with his own shyness like he's not very comfortable talking with people who he doesn't know very well but but he like learns to overcome his shyness and he asks what are you talking about in terms of the marble being on the move and then the other guy is like who's played by uh bill Hader. he's like (laughs) oh well you see that's how bill Hader sounds sure sure. uh i really like marble racing here you want a marble race with me and then and then the rest of the movie is bill Hader teaching will poulter how to marble race and and then the movie ends and they're they're the better for it they're both the better for it well that's that stinks what Someone was clapping, and I guess it wasn't you. I was clapping no, sarcastically. It definitely, <laughs> definitely wasn't me. That tell me that's not the actual entirety of the movie. Forty-five minutes of. I mean, it is very low budget. Will Poulter looking quizzical, and then forty-five, like for maybe forty minutes of marble racing. Guys, I'm really, really out of practice with this. Okay. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> uh, you can do better than that, though. Okay. All right. Let me let me try one more time. Okay. Hold like, on. <laughs> just throw a twist in there somewhere. That's so always, it always works. Will Poulter, he's like wondering about this marble being on the move thing, and then he he like has to change the grease out of the deep fat fire, which is for some reason they use that in Taco Oasis. Yeah, for the potato lays. Oh yeah, for the potato lays. So anyway, <laughs> like, he's gotten to the end. I don't of think the... they're actually called that though, because I think that's a Papa John's thing. Yeah, but the, you know like... what I mean, just like fucking hunks of disgusting greasy uh, potato course. that they give you, right? Yeah. And and he's at the end of the grease, so he pours the grease out, and lo and behold. Underneath the grease, there's a glimmer of a bunch of marbles. <laughs> no, that's legitimately, that's pretty good. But why aren't they deep fried? Well, because um, they weren't breaded, Jacob. They're, gotcha. These are just like normal marble. I mean, there's like All a right. little bit of grease on them, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Which like would only make them more glimmery, I guess. They're pretty. They're pretty fast, and he's like, "Oh, what the? F- why are there? Okay, this has got to be you, Bill Hader." And Bill Hader's <laughs> like, "How dare you? <laughs> why would you accuse me of putting marbles in the deep fat fryer?" And then there's like a lot of tension, and we can burn another forty-five on that tension, man. Yeah. Well, it's two guys who can really convey tension with their eyebrows, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually going to say when you mentioned Bill Hader that he might be a good choice for the quizzical guy. Because, well, his eyebrow, like physically, his eyebrows aren't as quizzical as Will Poulter's. That dude, he's got a rubber face and he could really pull off quizzical. <laughs> yeah, but I actually, think he can I think also Bill pull Hader off. Bill Hader has shaved his eyebrows off. <laughs> I'm not even joking. For this movie? That no, wouldn't surprise me. The Last Man Alive, that TV show, he has no eyebrows. Are you sure you're not thinking about the other guy in that who like legitimately has alopecia? Yeah. He does have oh. eyebrows in It too, though, so they definitely did come back. And you could get prosthetics in there. I think I uh, I mean I don't I don't mean to I don't mean to like toss my own twist into your movie, but I'm going to do it. Uh and my suggestion is going to be like at the halfway point, instead of just like switching over to them being confused to Will Poulter being confused about something, you could switch over and like turn the tables, and then suddenly Bill Hader is really quizzical about something. Because oh. like there's some secret about Will Poulter that comes out, or it turns out that Will Poulter or that Bill Hader didn't actually know about the marbles in the deep fat fryer. And like slowly, we we figure out that Will Poulter put the marbles in the deep fat fryer, and he's trying to frame Bill Hader. Oh my god! I I like the the be- <laughs> I like the beginning of of that idea. I like okay. turning the the tables at least like sort of, uh, in terms of audience sympathy. Like you're very much in Will Poulter's head for the beginning of the yeah. movie, but then like 
maybe he looks at these marbles and and he looks at Bill Hader and then he looks back at the marbles and there's this, like, these very quick shots and then he just goes like ah and like runs into the back room and disappears. That's scary, but I don't know if Taco Oasis has a back room. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, yeah like I guess the whole point of the beginning of this was that there was only one room. He All like right, runs got... back behind some boxes, and you see like just the tip of his eyebrows coming out from behind the boxes, <laughs> and and Bill Hader's like, "What the fuck?" And then like for a long time, the audience is with Bill Hader trying to figure out why Will Poulter went back behind the boxes. <laughs> I'm gonna throw in my own pitch for this ending. <laughs> All right. Just so we've all got some skin in the game. So Thanks d- for, ta- for carrying me to the finish tur- line on turns this Turns out one, the guys. marble is a notoriously rotund customer. <laughs> oh. He shows up at Taco Oasis. Bill Hader clubs him on the head. <laughs> oh my god. Turns out it's uh, Will Poulter's first day. So he doesn't know that the tacos are made out of people. Oh, oh my, my god. god! And this is his initiation into the Taco Oasis secret. Oh Jesus! That's really good. That's really good. I have a I have a great casting choice for that guy too. And uh, then which the, is oh, the guy who plays the guy who plays Hurley on Lost. Uh, you guys haven't seen Lost. <laughs> no, isn't he on the cover of one Weezer album though? Yep. Yeah, he uh... is. He sure is. He's notoriously very big and goofy. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be the guy. Um and then and then it and then it turns out that Will Hurley was the guy who put the marbles in the deep fat fryer. He just was Will trying Hurley? To... Will Will Poulter, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I just this, got Weezer on the dome. This this twist or this whole pitch is just so complicated that you can hardly keep track of everything that's going on yeah well it's claustrophobic you know there's like a lot of things in a small space sure (laughs) which which will add to the tension yeah no doubt no i can feel that i think we all knocked it out of the park yeah (laughs) it's almost like we took no time off yeah and then and then and then will poulter uh it he uses the the greased marbles for marble racing at the end of it and that's and like oh. the credits as the credits are scrolling, you just got Will Poulter like deranged on the floor of the Taco Oasis, like rolling marbles, and then you see like the marbles like going through this really intricate Rube Goldberg device made out of like taco making uh, implements. You know, that's that's super dope. But also, I think you should have uh, one of the marbles be a human eyeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be fucking weird, man. Yeah. But really yeah. low budget. Of course. That goes with that saying. Because the whole thing will also be filmed only on one camera. Two cameras. Will it be on two cameras? Take, two cameras. Yeah, I was gonna say one shot. Nah, 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 nah. Long takes that's like so That's passe now. It's pretty passe now. <laughs> yeah. I think we've reached the end of the the real long take nadir. Yeah, I guess I, Birdman kind of capped it off. <laughs> Nothing yeah. else to be done. <laughs> or that one movie about the history of Russia. Not familiar with that Birdman? one. Birdman. It. It's it's it it it's it was like the original all one movie is long take, and it wasn't, wasn't done that, with CG. It was like actually done in one long take. Wasn't that Rope? Wasn't that the first? Yeah, which is also a movie movies? set in one room. Oh man, yeah. See, this is why but, it's not a good idea. I just gotta. But those movies aren't break actually up takes. long takes either, because film reels can only last for about fifteen minutes, so they have right, to like go behind a pillar. Involved. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, Birdman anyway, was all one long take though. Guys, I think I've got enough room for like at least three or four stamps. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. No, I, I think so. I think that 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 your pitch is probably the the lowest budget. I mean, my my estimate for Luke's may have been a bit high, but also you got to. I mean, the material costs for your film, the set pieces, as you said, were very cheap. But Bill Hader and Will Poulter and Hurley from Lost, probably at least uh, fifteen hundred bucks a piece. Yeah, but when mm. I, I feel like they'll do this 
for free once they notice how coherent the script is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a really good point. And how it gives them the opportunities to show off how quizzical they can be. Yeah. It's like a it's like a sizzle reel for yeah. their for their future career. Two masters at the height of their game. For sure. For sure. Alright, well I'll ship it. And I'm shipping it for sure. Thanks, fellas. Well, you know, since I'm the closest one, I'll I'll take it on down to Talk Oasis and ship it from there. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming back to us, guys. I I actually if you are indeed listening to this, which you must be because you're hearing our voices, right? Like it means that you really wanted to keep on giving us a chance after our long hiatus, which was totally unannounced. Which, <laughs> which was totally, totally unannounced. unannounced. We just... And we had we had many opportunities and talked about many times, like putting out some kind of notice that we would be coming back eventually, but we just didn't. Yeah, we just didn't do it. Just didn't do it. We just didn't do it. But here we are back in your feed. Yeah. This will actually be the second episode back, probably. <laughs> so this will be a little late, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 oh. What are we doing next time? Yeah, I was not going to bring that up because we didn't plan for that at all. I think yeah. in honor of your marriage, Will, it should be a wedding film. Yeah. Yeah, sure. a wedding film. Yeah, let's do it. Well. Great. Great. <laughs> tune in to that. org. It's settled. Yeah, yeah pitchhunt.org. Uh, social is... Will at pitchhunt.org. Jacob at pitchhunt.org. Luke at pitchhunt.org. And pitch underscore hunt is our social handle. Yeah. Uh, we... Yes. What, what do we do at this point? Stay... Stay... Stay pitchy. Stay sure. pitchy. Let's stay pitchy. We love you. We love you a lot. After all this time, still love you. <sighs> Even though Will can't love you as much because he's married now. Yeah, I love my wife. I love you more than I love Will's wife. (laughs) That's rude. That's not possible. That's rude. That's rude and that's not true. But we do love you a lot. We still love you lots. Yeah. Bye. Unless, Liz, if you're listening to this, we love you just as much. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, right. Which is a lot. Yes. Yes. Stay bitchy. Okay, bye. Stay bitchy.